and welcome to a nearly autumnal Archimedes, where we will be examining the intricate depths of how to do evidence-based child health and also looking at a maybe almost relevant topic. As you'll remember, evidence-based child health is all about that process of taking the clinical literature, examining it, weighing it for its weaknesses and identifying its strengths and then concluding on the basis of the best evidence available, what shall I do for this patient or, or this group of patients in front of me? And the Archimedes format collapses all that down into a beautifully readable little summary. And then you also get a commentary on these podcasts on about a monthly basis. But because we are harsh and cruel, we start not with the little tidbit of delightfully sweet clinical loveliness, but instead you get thrown into methodological murk. It's all so subjective, is a frequent complaint made about trying to capture data in studies that doesn't result from the counting of sodium ions or the measurement of height or the duration of hospitalisation. How can we measure such subjective experiences as pain or the cuteness of kittens as everyone perceives these things differently? Subjectivity is certainly challenging and more so when it comes to thinking about clinical outcomes than the hard objective data that we seem to value so much. Now, as a slight aside, there is something perhaps falsely reassuring about many of the things that we think we can count objectively. So, um, hours ascribed to hospital admissions, for example. Well, yeah, objectively, they might have been there for that long. But why? What was the, the subjective thing that made them stay that long? What we can do when we're dealing with clinical trials and observing clinical trials is that we can reduce that subjectivity by using the same way of attempting to assess it across different people. So while it's true that everybody does experience pain differently, if we use the same pain measure, most people will replicate their answers when presented with the same pain stimulus, even if the value they ascribe differs between individuals. And in pain, in terms of ranking the painful stimuli, these ranks tend to be relatively similar. So, for example, most people would rank a graze of a knee below a paper cut on your dominant hand, below that of the crush injury of a hammer, missing a nail in a DIY project and finding in full force your thumb instead. So whilst that might be different across the ranking and the replication within each individual might well be the same. Now for other subjective things, we can use consensus. For example, the consensus view of a series of highly trained histopathologists relating to the histological subtyping of certain cancers. Yes, it's subjective, but with rules and experience reproducible. And perhaps it's that, rather than subjectivity per se, that people are unhappy about. Not the fact that something is experiential, but that it might not be consistently reproducible. Or it has huge inter- or intrapersonal variation. It's not so much a complaint over the subjective, 
but of the vague or ill-understood or poorly described. And so with clarity of description, with thoughtful measurement, and with an appreciation of how capturing the important is better than counting the easy and irrelevant, we should probably drop subjective as a complaint. Now, the bit you've actually been waiting for. We're diving in to the clinical question. And the clinical question of this month asks us, is honey an effective adjunct to conventional analgesic agents for children post-tonsillectomy? This is from Vakteria Kaminsky from the University of Exeter Medical School and her colleague Shruti Manakal and their colleague Helena Wilson from the Royal Devon and Exeter Hospital, one of the ENT surgeons there. The scenario is of an eight-year-old boy undergoing tonsillectomy for recurrent bacterial tonsillitis. The procedure goes pretty well, no immediate post-operative complications, kept for observations overnight, and on the morning ward round, the boy is reviewed by an ENT consultant who wants to send him home with some simple paracetamol and a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug spray. The parents ask whether there's anything they can do at home in addition to help with pain relief. The mum has heard that honey might be helpful with pain. And you wonder, what actually is the role of honey in an adjunct in this situation? And so the gang went away asking that question and looked in the Cochrane Library using the evidence search section from the NHS libraries and then looking directly into PubMed. Altogether, they came up with 10 articles to go through in full text, and of those, six were included as relevant to the thing undergoing. Now, these six studies were randomised trials on the main, many of them using different sorts of approaches. The largest of these covered 120 patients, where they were randomised into four different groups, and the next one down covered just over 100 patients and randomised straight up to honey versus a sweet placebo. Pulling all of these trials together, and they used different sorts of pain scales, often the ones that were appropriate for the age of the patients that ranged, well, as you would expect with tonsillectomy, from around 3 up to the sort of upper end of 15, 16. Pulling all of these trials together, they came to the conclusion that for a variety of different outcomes, there was some evidence of benefit. So, for example, the level of pain assessed by an actual pain score. Most of those studies showed a significant pain reduction in the honey group, even the ones that were honey versus sweetness. When it comes to the painkiller use, in addition to the various things... There was a little bit of hint that the painkiller reduction might also go along with that pain score reduction. But then looking at whether you woke up at night, which is another sort of way of thinking about, yeah, but how significant is the pain? If it gets you up at night, it's going to make you feel worse. It's going to upset you just more generally. Well, a bit weaker than that. Few studies actually looked at it. And whilst a couple did find a difference, Another couple were pretty much saying, nah, it's not, not making a big difference there. Pulling all of that together, you wonder a little bit as to whether what we're seeing is a bit maybe 
publication bias. These aren't very large trials. These are done generally in one unit, generally alongside something that might even be homemade, but no massive side effects given to it. We're well outside the sort of the, the infant botulism risk area. They used fairly reproducible and normal sorts of ways of assessing pain. Maybe, maybe it isn't a bad idea to let people use honey as an adjunct to analgesia rather than as its primary one and keeping them off the paracetamol and off the non-steroidals. But on top of those things, certainly if honey's enjoyed and the parents want to try it, it might be a fair idea to recommend for this setting post-tonsillectomy. So that's this month. And as we move into autumn proper, will we be getting Archimedes' all about the fall of autumn leaves? Will we be hearing the delights of the harvest moon? Or will we be looking at things more about neonatal breathing patterns? Who knows? The Archimedes come from you. So why don't you look up the instructions to authors on the website, put your things in and we'll see where we can go with them. The editorial process is said to be relatively supportive in comparison to some of the more impersonal approaches that other sections of other journals can use. And we do encourage people that haven't maybe dipped their toe into the waters of academia before to use Archimedes as a good first step. And even if you decide afterwards you don't really fancy being an academic, at least you've got the skills to use clinical research that benefit of your patients and your efforts have gone to help others working in the same field. So until next month, it's been lovely to talk at you. Please do feedback via our social medias, via emails, via post if you really want and can find an actual postal address. But let us know what you think and we'll speak to you again next month. Mm-hmm.